everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. Much like 9-11, the term Benghazi will live on in infamy, while at the same time proving to be America's finest hour, by America's finest men, the shadow warriors who protect our freedoms, defend our cities, our borders, our country, and this nation. Infamy because those that could, from the highest office in our land, did nothing but wait and watch while those that fought did everything but, quote, stand down as ordered. With us today is one such man, a warrior, American hero, Marine Corps veteran, first responder, and co-author of the number one New York Times best-selling 13 Hours, the inside account of what really happened in Benghazi, and blockbuster movie of the same name as well as founder of ShadowWarriorsProject.org with wife Crystal helping wounded contract warriors and their families recover, restore, and rebuild their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to testimony, truly an honor, American hero, Mark Oz Geist. Mark, welcome to testimony. Yeah, thank you very much. I am so happy to be here. It is an honor. Well, it is an honor to have you here, sir. I think most in America, Mark, have followed your story and the horrific events that left one U.S. Ambassador, John Christopher Stevens, and three other brave Americans, Foreign Service Officer Sean Smith, and Embassy Security Personnel Glenn Doherty and Tyrone Woods dead at the hands of terrorists when the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya, was brutally attacked on September 11th, 2012 for 13 grueling hours. In our brief time here today, Mark, for part one of our two-part conversation, take us into your world, your thoughts, your wounds, and the decision you would make as you say to, quote, get up or die, resulting in more than 25 lives being saved because of it. Oz, guys, please tell us that story and the faith you needed to carry you through. Well, again, thank you so much for having me and hosting this. You know, and um, that night, uh, September 11th, 2012, on the 11th, but ended, well, it never really ended for me as of yet, but um, in the sense of the battle itself ended on the 12th. And during that time, um, you know, as you said, we've, we lost four great Americans who served this country uh, gloriously, and for several years, um, both, you know, all, all of them were just great Americans in serving this country, and, uh, you know, kind of, to kind of paint the picture of Benghazi, um, Benghazi, for me, actually started, and I didn't realize how it would affect me, um, in 2011, and uh, in 2011, there were, um, there had been some emails released now from Sidney Blumenthal to Hillary Clinton saying, you know, get behind this um, this revolution going on in Benghazi. 
are going on in Libya. No one likes Qaddafi. So if we get, if you get behind this and you and we go help them overthrow Qaddafi and get him out, no one, not even in the Middle East, likes him. So no one's going to care, and it'll be a great um, foreign policy win for you when it comes to the elections in 2016. And so in doing that, that's kind of how it started, unbeknownst to me, for me, because my life was eventually put into uh, into that circle of events in a, the end of uh, July, first part of August of 2012, when um, I deployed over to Benghazi, Libya. And I'd been there about 30, about 40-odd days, and Tyrone Woods and uh, Tonto um, and D.B. had all been asked to extend. They were due to rotate home before um, 9-11, and they had been asked to extend because they, uh, the security and support for the ambassador over at the consulate was lacking. Um, now, we all worked over at the Annex, and the Annex was a CIA base, and um, they asked us if we could help out in security since they were short on security. And his security personnel didn't know how to get around the city as well as we did. So we had offered up, and Ty and Tonto and DB had went ahead and extended to get out there and stay out there for um, the period of time that the ambassador would be there. I want to interrupt and let our audience know you were chosen to serve in the newly formed Marine program anti-counterterrorism and you eventually changed your military occupation to the specialty of intelligence and interrogation translation you attended school where you studied Persian Farsi you served 12 years in the US Marine Corps um, you've been the chief of police in Fowler Colorado uh, you were assigned as liaison with the vice narcotics and intelligent unit in Colorado Springs Colorado as well as an investigator for crimes against children. You're a certified forensic interviewer of children and you investigated numerous cases of abuse in which you helped secure the convictions of the perpetrator. So you have, you have a wealth of experience, Mark, going into Libya, going into high-risk areas. Am I right about that? Yes, ma'am. Yes. And in 2004, I started um, as a private security contractor for the State Department, and I worked with them for a while. And then uh, from there, I ended up, um, I also trained Iraqi security forces. I was uh, an advisor and a mentor to one of the former prime ministers of Iraq as his security um, advisor for his personal security detail. And then eventually I got in, that's when I got with uh, GRS, which is Global Response Staff, with the uh, Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA. I like to call them the Culinary Institute of America. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I just didn't know the name for them. I, there is actually a, a group that is the Culinary Institute of America that um, a lot of uh, people go to to become chefs. Uh, I just think that the CIA, it kind of goes for both of them. <laughs> Well, that, that's an interesting perspective. So back to you, back to Benghazi. You land there, and you hear that the compound is being attacked, and you get the order to, quote, stand down, which has been controversial. But I think most Americans would agree with the six of you 
that you knew that time was of the essence. And in your words, Mark, it wasn't so much the battle that killed the ambassador, but actually the inhalation of smoke from the fires that were lit at the compound and the annex. Can you weigh in on that? Well, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we got the call um, to head over there, and it was, you know, and I'm not sure who's, who was looking at what watch, but somewhere between 9.30 and 9.40, um, depending on which clock you're looking at. But we got told to stand down, and the guys were ready. Everyone was ready to go within about five minutes. and um, They were going to get ready to head out the gate, and our chief of base told them to stand down. And, you know, we've never had a, a, a detailed description of why he did that. Um, you know, I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision for him. I mean, he's in charge of a covert CIA base and doesn't want to give up um, his location or his assets. But you have, you know, when the call came in, it wasn't they were being attacked. It was they had been overran which to us means that they have been already been occupied by a foreign uh, by foreign fighters taking over what would have you know, I mean if it's a US consulate it would be US soil um, if it's a temporary I mean it for me it's US soil because that's where the ambassador is the next thing you know we three times we were told to stand down and then what came over the radio and the straw I guess that kind of broke the camel back for us was when the guys come over the radio and said, if you don't get here now, we are all going to die. And, of course, you know, they had a few expletives in there as well, which kind of reinforced it. You can hear the fear and the dread in their voice. And with that, everybody just loaded up their cars and took off wow. and over there. Wow. Now, I found it interesting, Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Mark, quote, Oz Geis, one of the American heroes of the 13 hours book and movie, what really happened in Benghazi. Now, when you heard that message and you were all on board to fight and you landed at the compound, what were your initial thoughts? Did you think you'd make it out? Well, you know, and we, uh, none of us believe that we're ever going to lose. I mean, that's just not a mentality that you can be involved in that kind of, um, conflict or in that kind of profession and have ever you know to me there was never a time we were going to lose there was never a time that we would give up or um and that's that's just kind of it goes back to as you said before and it's a quote is you know we you have a choice to either to me we all have a choice in life to either lose or not and it's up to us to decide on how we want to pursue and move forward in life and um, to me, you do it no matter what's in your way. If you can't over, if you can't go over it, go around it, or go under it, or go through it. And uh, I've just always had that mentality, and it's taken me through everything that I've always done in life. How important was the support of your comrades during those crucial hours? Did you feel let down by any of them? Did you feel you maybe let them down in some way? What were your thoughts? Well, you know, and with the guys that we worked with and that are, you know, they're so professional and experienced in their um, in their craft, and the, there was no doubt at any time that each one of us was going to fill the position that we needed to. And that's, 
and I'm talking about the six members of our global response staff, um, because that's just, you know, we've trained together or we've all been through the same type of training, so we understand where each, each person's um, skill set is. And, you know, the last thing in the world you're, you ever want to do is let down those you're protecting or those that are on your team. And, you know, that teamwork and knowing that they're with you no matter what really just gives you that extra strength. If, even if there was an idea or a negative thought coming in your mind, knowing that they're there for you and with you just helps you overcome that. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to American Hero, Marine Corps veteran and co-author of the number one New York Times best-selling book and movie, 13 Hours, the inside account of what really happened in Benghazi, Mark Oz Geist. You can learn more about Mark's work, ministry, and mission by visiting Shadow Warriors Project. Dot O-R-G, a nonprofit which he and wife Crystal founded to help our wounded military contractors and their families recover, restore, and rebuild their lives. Mark, it has been an absolute honor having you share just a little of your harrowing story that no one can ever really know except you and the men that fought alongside of you, yet the lives that were saved because of you. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. Thank you so much, and God bless you and all the listeners out there. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.